Chibi the Podcast, presented by Just Chibi Productions. Hi there, I'm your host, Fondue. In this week's episode, we're going to pick up where we left off around 1700. We're going to follow cheese across the United States. We're going to learn a little bit about 10 of the stinkiest cheeses. Pee-wee. And absolutely no episode would be complete without one of our famous cheesy jokes. Stay tuned for the third episode of Just Cheesy, the podcast. Well, Cheesy, here we are, week three. Are you ready to learn a little bit more about cheese? Oh yeah, you bet. That's good, because there is a lot more to learn. So where we're going to start is around 1700. Most of today's information will come from the National Historic Cheesemakingcenter.org's website. That name is so long. I didn't name the website, Cheesy. I'm just getting my information there. We learned last week around the 17th century, the English Puritan dairy farmers brought with them their knowledge of dairy farming and cheesemaking to the United States. In the late 1700s, we look at Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Massachusetts for our cheese production. But as they moved west, they moved to western Massachusetts, Vermont, and even upstate New York. After the Revolutionary War, New England was superseded by New York State as the great new cheese state. Ooh. Yep. And the New Englanders who settled a little bit further west ended up in Ohio, in the western portion of the state. And that area was nicknamed Cheesedom for over 50 years. Dun, da, 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 da. Cheesedom. That's right. So in a period of about 150 years, New York and Ohio were the bulk of the cheese manufacturing in the entire United States. Cheesy, any idea what state we're going to hit next? Wisconsin? My home away from home? Right on, Cheesy. Pioneers settled the southeastern portion of Wisconsin in the 1830s and 40s. And by the 1850s, immigrants from Germany, Norway, and Switzerland had arrived, and they started communities in the interior of Wisconsin. Looks like everybody started to produce cheese as soon as they arrived. The 1850 census says that 400,283 pounds of cheese was made on Wisconsin farms in 1849. Making cheese. And then some cheesy. Wisconsin's first farmstead cheese factory was opened in 1831, and the first cottage industry cheese factory was opened in 1841. At this point in history, most of the cheese was manufactured by women on the farm. In 1845, some settlers from a town in Switzerland arrived, and they had experience making cheese in the Alps, but they quickly realized that almost everything necessary for making cheese was lacking in the United States. Uh, No milk, no cows, no implements, and little or no money. Most of the 1860s were spent making cows, making cows, raising cows, and making or finding the materials needed to make cheese. By the late 1860s, it looks like the farmers were beginning to pull their resources. They formed cooperative cheese factories where the local farmers would supply milk for the factory and the factory would process that and make it into cheese and other dairy products. By 1899, Wisconsin contained 1,500 factories, and the cheese production was 77,848,600 pounds. Holy cow. You can say that again, Cheesy. Holy cow. By the early 1900s, a county called Green County in Wisconsin had one cheese factory for every 2.8 square miles. We see in 1910 there was 148 million pounds of cheese made, 363 million pounds in 1925, and 561 million in 1950. Holy Holy cow. cow! 
The number of cheesemaking factories may have declined over the next 80 years, but production surely didn't. At the height of things, Wisconsin had over 2,800 factories. Now they have about 126, but the production is incredible. There are approximately 11,000 dairy farms with 1.27 million cows, and each of those cows produces an average of 21,436 pounds of milk annually. Cheesy, get ready for your next holy cow, because 90% of this milk supply is used to produce over 2.8 billion, that's with a B, billion pounds of cheese at 126 plants. Holy f- Cheesy. Uh, I think that calls for a break from our sponsors when we get some. Just Cheesy the Podcast is sponsored by Just Cheesy Productions. If you haven't had the opportunity to check it out, Just Cheesy has an updated website at www.justcheesy.com. Check it out. It's fun for the whole family. Now back to the podcast. Let's get ready for our favorite segment. This week in cheese. Did you ever wonder why cheese is so stinky? No, I just figured someone cut the cheese. (laughs) Not exactly. No, but uh, I think there's going to be a trigger word here. The aging process is moist. Moist, salty, and warm are the best conditions to create bacteria. This bacteria is called, bear with me here because I'm probably going to butcher this one, Brevibacterium linens, also called bee linens. These are the bacteria that cause the smell. According to Stacker.com, these are the 10 most stinky cheeses in the world. The first one is called Bossa, and it is produced by Green Dirt Farm in Missouri. It stinks because it is a washed rind cheese, and these are often very pungent. The second cheese on the list is called Boulette d'Aven. It's named after a village, Aven, on the French-Belgian border. This one stinks because it's also a washed rind cheese, but it's typically washed in beer and left to age in a basement for three months. Our old friend the bacteria B. Linens gives this next one its stink. This one's called Good Thunder, and it's from Minnesota. It's ripened and refrigerated for several weeks before being wrapped, and its aroma becomes more pungent as it ages. Hooligan is from Connecticut, and it gets a twice-weekly brine bath, which causes the pungent bacteria and yeast to grow. Let's talk about one of our old favorites, Limburger number 5. Ah, uh, yes. The quintessential stinky cheese. So, it's considered a smear-ripened cheese. And our buddy Bee Linens is back. A uh, little something interesting about Bee Linens, it's not only used to ferment smear-ripened cheeses, but it's also found on human skin. This bacteria is responsible for foot and body odor. Nasty! Gotta be honest here, I'm not always thrilled to learn about how food is made. Number six is Little Qualicum Raclette. It's a washed rind, as well as Mont St. Francis, which is number seven. Number eight is Off Kilter, and it's another washed rind cheese. Looks like number nine is called Stinking Bishop. This one's so strong, it's been compared to decomposing flowers and wet hay. Oh, can you say yum? Nope. This last one stinks, but so does my pronunciation. It's called Vachin Fribourgeois. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't sound as bad as the last one. It's a Swiss cheese, and it's um, just another washed rind. So here we go. That's it. The 10 stinkiest cheeses. I feel like we're ready for a joke now, Fondue. Okay. When is it impossible for you to see a cheese? I don't know. When? When it's pasteurized. (laughs) Get it? Past your eyes. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that joke was a little bit cheesy. Thank you for joining us at Just Cheesy the Podcast. 
Listen in next week for episode number four. Stay cheesy, everybody. Stay cheesy.